0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, August twelfth. S and P futures are rallying twenty five points. That's about seventy five basis points, and that essentially recoups all of what was lost yesterday. The major European indices are trading flat up small. Um, You know, remember Europe had a very solid session yesterday. The U.S. sell off did not occur until well after Europe was closed, so Europe is still up over two percent week to date. Asia saw mixed price action overnight. Um, So, you know, I know that there is a lot of in eagerness to kind of find the sequence of headlines that caused the volatility over the last 18 hours, the precise reasons why stocks came for sale at around 315 yesterday, and then why the futures caught a bit at around 2 AM this morning, um, people will struggle to find one. There was no fundamental development headline, et cetera, to cause the price action over the last 18 hours. Um, I know the most popular excuse was Ms. Connell's comment on Fox News about how talks are at a stalemate, the fiscal negotiations. They've been at a stalemate for several days. McConnell has characterized them as such for several days. If anything, the tenor of news this morning is even worse than it was yesterday afternoon. Um, you know, there was a Bloomberg article just talking about how they may not even get back together until September. There is a um, the government funding for the entire government. The budget will run out on October first, so that could be a catalyst to get the two sides together to negotiate on fiscal matters. Um, but again. I think the market assumes that there will be a fiscal agreement reached eventually. This is not a make-or-break catalyst for the tape, though, at least in the near term. Um, you know, I think the combination of solid economic data in the U.S., solid earnings from Q2, and then Fed anticipation are helping stocks to absorb the Washington acrimony. Um, you know, I, I think that if you were to see both of them declare. Um, that there would be no more talks until after the election. That obviously would have a, ba- a greater impact, but we're really not seeing that. So the fact McConnell used the word stalemate does not really constitute news. Um, you know, cancellation of college football yesterday was another excuse for the set for the sell-off. So you did see the Big Ten and then the Pac-12. Both of them have called off their seasons. Um, they're you know, now we're waiting to see if any of the other conferences also cancel. Again, that had been in the tape. That had been in the market for several days. You had NCAA officials cautioned that it was looking doubtful that you'd be able to hold fall sports. Um, and then you had multiple media reports speculating that definitely the Big Ten would cancel um, as well as possibly other conferences. So again, certainly not positive, but not really all that shocking. Um, you know, again, looking, looking into today for as far as major macro news is concerned, not a lot of stuff that's really all that incremental for market. So on the fiscal negotiations, like I said, the same... Um, you know, the status of those negotiations, same today as it was yesterday, if not a little bit more negative. Um, the Biden selection of Harris was widely, widely expected. I know there had been some chatter yesterday that it could be Susan Rice, but for, for months, most people had assumed it would be Harris. Harris uh, made the most political sense. Um, Biden has no need to do anything risky with his VP selection given his poll lead, Um, and so now we're kind of obviously moving into the heart of the race. You're going to have Biden and Harris deliver remarks this afternoon together in Delaware, Um, and then the convention kicks off on Monday. Biden will deliver his acceptance speech a week from tomorrow, Um, and then uh, and then the the RNC is held later in August. So. You know, as far as politics is concerned, the the Biden selection should not really have much impact on markets. Um, there sh- you know, I know there was perhaps some relief that Elizabeth Warren was not selected. Again, she was never really thought to be a lead candidate. And to the extent there is concern about Elizabeth Warren, markets would probably prefer her to be vice president versus a treasury secretary um, or some other type of position. So, you know, that, that still is a risk that's on the horizon. Um, on the eco data front today, you had UK GDP that was in line with expectations uh, for Q2, and then they also published June data that was ahead of expectations. Again, nothing that really U.S. stocks should care about all that much. New Zealand surprised markets, which a dovish with a dovish central bank decision. Um, you know, I think that just speaks to the the state of global monetary policy being extraordinarily accommodative at this point in time. Uh, no major COVID headlines to really note. You did see the U.S. strike a purchase agreement with Moderna for Moderna's vaccine candidate. Um, you know, I know Moderna sh- saw strength last night on that news, but just keep in mind the government has has announced these purchase agreements with a host of companies. Um, the government is ready and willing to buy vaccines that are proved to be safe and effective. So it doesn't even constitute news to me that the government has contracted to buy Moderna's vaccine as if Moderna's vaccine works. They did the same with Pfizer and other companies as well. Um you had Cuddle make a remark yesterday about the US China relationship, just saying how the trade component of the relationship is, quote unquote, fine. Um, you know, again, I think the phase one agreement is more a marketing campaign than anything else. China is uh, trailing behind its purchase commitments for a variety of reasons, not necessarily all of them deliberate. Clearly, there's been a huge impact to the economy from the pandemic. There's been a Decline in commodity prices. So, for a variety of reasons, I don't think China is necessarily deliberately undershooting, um, you know, its purchase commitments. But you know, when they say the the Phase One agreement is "quote unquote" in place, that doesn't really mean anything. Um, keep in mind, the U.S. and China are supposed to have a status update conference call on the fifteenth. So, in a couple of days, to discuss Phase One agreement. Um, so th- those are the major macro themes. I think the CPI today at 8:30 will be very important. You obviously saw the PPI yesterday morning that was that was firmer than expectations so created a little bit of not necessarily anxiety certainly commentary around inflation to the extent US inflation could could increase what the implications of that would be. Obviously that weighed on Treasuries and that kind of helped catalyze for another day this whole cyclical value equity outperformance versus growth momentum. So I think the CPI will be watched very closely. You know I think we're a long, long, long way in the US from talking about having an inflation problem. Um, you know The, the numbers are, are... Economic data across the board is very skewed given all the enormous volatility being inflicted on the economy from the pandemic. The same goes for inflation. So you're going to have to watch these numbers for several months as things start to smooth out Um, But again, I think for the very, very near term, there is certainly some anxiety around that CPI. So if it were to print higher than expected, you know, again, the New Jerk reaction, I think, would be similar to what you saw yesterday morning with further weakness in treasuries. And then again, further outperformance in those cyclical uh, value equities. Just on the cyclical value, Um, trade, you know, again, I, I still don't think you're really seeing a quote unquote rotation. Obviously, you've had cyclical value outperform. You've had growth momentum underperform. You are not seeing aggressive real money selling in tech, and you're not seeing real high conviction, real money buying in those cyclical or value stocks. So for the time being, we've had these periodic adjustments that occur. They last for a few days. They've happened on numerous occasions over the last several months. Um, you know, we'll just have to see how all of this unfolds. I think you're gonna to have to see kind of a, you know, disappointment from the Fed on nine sixteen. And by that I mean kind of a more hawkish announcement than I think markets anticipate. You'd have to see persistent increases in inflation, um, not just one or two data points. And then, you know, I think you'd have to see blockbuster phase three data from from the major vaccine candidates, Moderna, Pfizer, Astra, et cetera. Um, and again, that phase three data is not expected to hit until later this year, um, you know, October, perhaps at, uh, at the earliest, uh, but more likely November, December, et cetera. Um, so again, I think you're definitely seeing this phenomenon. It's not hard to get some of these value stocks to rally, especially some of those beleaguered, beaten down travel names. Um, but you're just not seeing the type of selling action in tech that would suggest that this is a real kind of multi-week type of trade uh, that's underway. For the session in the U.S. today, like I said, the CPI at 30 will be very important. Um, Biden and Harris will appear together for the first time. They'll make comments this afternoon, and then you'll have Cisco that will kick off the July in earnings season tonight. Um, you know, just keep in mind, Cisco is not necessarily in that kind of momentum group of tech companies, so it's not really relevant for kind of your fang names. Um, you know, I think. The, the next major Fang type of earnings report will be NVIDIA, which hits uh, a week from today on the 19th. Um, and Tencent also reported earnings uh, about 30 minutes ago, which I will go through after this podcast and I will email that around. Uh, but that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.